Uh, welcome everybody to the XX Mormon podcast. I'm Bishop Jensen, and I will be conducting this session. <laughs> Joined today, by... <laughs> never gets old, hey? Yeah, no. It's uh... <laughs> so funny. It's so funny because it's such a recognizable phrase. Like, there's all these like phrases. Yeah, we could yeah. probably do an episode about that sometime. Actually, that could be interesting just to talk about all the phrases, all the all common the, phrases, like Mormonisms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we'll put that well, on the we'll list. Bless that this session nourishes and strengthens our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Google talking. Stop Google. Uh, oh, she's she, Google. Stop. Okay, well, she'll probably go away. I guess eventually the volume's low, oh, okay. so I don't think oh, we great. can hear it. Anyways, okay, you were saying about Back blessing on. and nourishing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think one thing that's important. One thing that the church gives everybody, I think, and, and fundamentalist religions give this to their members is a lot of certainty about life's big questions, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of certainty about where you're going and where you stand. And that, I think that certainty gives people a sense of peace and, and, and comfort in their life. Then what you find when you leave is that that kind of sense of certainty and direction is gone. And mm -hmm. you've got to rebuild and find new things that give you peace and kind of stability. Um, so pose the question to you, what kind of things do you look for? What have you found that brings you peace now? Yeah. Um, this is something, this is a way that I've put it to a lot of my friends. Cause that's a question that I get a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like if, if you have a lot of close friends still in the church, that's something that they're curious about. They're like, uh, okay, so what's like the meaning of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. And basically what I always go to is I say, well, now the meaning of life is just, you know, the relationships that I make, like the meaning that I choose to give it. I'm not making friends with people because I think there will be some glory, some blessings stored up in the hereafter. I'm making friends pe with people because I sincerely just think they're interesting. And I help people because it makes me feel good and i think it makes the world a better place as a whole right like i'm living entirely for right here and right now which i think when people hear that they think you know the most extreme versions of hedonism right mm -hmm. like yeah. oh well if you're just living for the moment aren't you just like always masturbating and you know like doing whatever you want and stuff and it's like <laughs> Okay, well, whatever I want but isn't... Now, now you've told like, me a lot about what you would be doing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, wait a second. Like, tell me what what would you, what would your lifestyle be, you know, without this? Yeah. And you've told me a lot about yourself now. Yeah. But for, for me, I'm like, no, I just, I like people and I like making friends and interacting with good people. So I think that's the biggest thing that brings me peace and it's weird because i've completely stopped thinking about the hereafter i just think right well i'm just here and then i'm gone and so what's the big <laughs> what's the big concern right yeah right like when i'm dead i'm dead and it's over so are there like what what one thing is like religion becomes very emotionally moving right Mm -hmm. so what like where do, where do you find things that move you 
emotionally? What are the things that kind of that have you found anything that kind of replaces how religion could kind of stir your senses? That's a good question, actually. And that I feel like that's something that I've kind of worked on. I so I'm not a crier. I have not cried in over three years. I yeah. like not shed a single tear in yeah. that time. And, you know, I've, I've been through hard things in that time, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so I don't know, like the church never really super moved me. Okay. But I always, always found, um, like in nature, you know, whenever I'm out mm-hmm. in the mountains or driving through Montana is, you know, a particularly beautiful experience for me. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, I used to be like, oh, well, this is, you know, God doing this, you know, like God created this. And now I'm just like, no, it's just a beautiful thing I'm fortunate to enjoy. And so I still find a lot of the same peace and pleasure in the same things. It's just I lend different context to it, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd say like one thing. Like me and my family went to the island. We went to Tofino. We went to Yuklulit. We saw one thing that was just awesome for me is we did a few of these little tiny hikes, but we're walking in a temperate rainforest. Mm-hmm. And when you're a kid, the, especially like in the nineties, it was all about saving the rainforest. Mm-hmm. So one thing really taking in that I was in a real rainforest and just how big the trees are and how much there's just life and growth everywhere. Yeah was really amazing. But the other thing that was amazing was being in just outside of Vancouver is that there are a lot of little day hike trails that are also temperate rainforest. Very, very simple. It was just, it was kind of amazing to say, wow, this is really, really beautiful. And wow, this is also in my backyard at home. Yeah. And, uh, and really, yeah, just kind of taking in the quiet and the majesty and how amazing all of it was. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that was something that had kind of moved me in a way that I hadn't been moved before. Yeah. Yeah. It is beautiful. And I think we're really, well, I was going to say we're fortunate to have that there, but I feel like everybody's got some beauty that they can find around them and, and enjoy, you know, uh, like it doesn't have to be these crazy picturesque things, right. It can just be going out in a field. And enjoying it. Do you like um being in Vancouver compared to Calgary? Um, you're at a lower altitude. There's a lot of mountains around. The sun goes down sooner, I think, even though Vancouver is technically further south. Mm-hmm. But because it's lower out altitude, and there's always clouds in the sky. And uh me and my wife were looking through old pictures when we lived in Calgary, and I was like, Holy shit, look at how blue that sky is. Mm-hmm. I could not believe how clear and blue the sky was in some of these pictures. And that was something she said when, when she moved out there, when we met was she's like, you know what? Vancouver is very beautiful. The winter in Calgary is miserable, but you can't beat prairie skies and prairie sunsets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I can remember, I can remember sometimes um, I lived right by the bow river in Calgary. Um, and I go walk down by the river in the summer and I'd watch the sun go down. And 
it was like the sky was painted. I mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? And that was something, even when I was in the church or whatever, that was still something I took a lot of peace or comfort or, you know, something that I found that moved me a lot was watching these sunsets yeah. on the prairies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talking about that, that specific spot in, in Calgary down by the river. Yeah. I have a, um, a, a film reel. I have a bunch of film reels from my grandfather and okay. a lot of people, cause my view is that he's dead and I will never see him again. Like that was it. Right. Yeah. But I still really enjoy family history and something that helps connect me to these relationships and the story of how, how I got here is seeing these old film reels and I actually digitized it. And, you know, looking at it, I have a, a film reel that my grandfather filmed overlooking the river and downtown. And obviously downtown was significantly different when he took this. Mm-hmm. But when he was yeah. my age, I have a video of him at my age filming the river and doing a panorama sweep. Yeah. The, the Calgary Tower was under construction and he sweeps over, and then you look off, and the sun is setting over the mountains way in the yeah. distance. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, th- I think it's interesting the, the things that people think that they need to give them meaning. Right. When there's meaning all around you. You know, just enjoying that, just enjoying your family, just taking that time to be with them and build those relationships. That like, that's what the church teaches anyways, but they teach Mm -hmm. it with the caveat of you have to do it our way and you have to, you know, live a certain way. And this is what happens afterwards. And, you know, when you can just be like, hey, isn't this beautiful? Like, isn't this pretty? Isn't Mm -hmm. that nice? and and just take pleasure in it and i found that as i've left i have gotten more interested in film i've like had a reawakening because i i i've always enjoyed film but i've had a deeper interest in the stories we tell and how we tell them and the visuals and the techniques and you know everything else and so I don't know, like, I feel like I've been more able to just enjoy life um, mm-hmm. because of it. And I don't know, that's, that's one of the ways that I've, that I've found peace. Has that been your experience or have you gone through like, I don't know, like a feeling of existential, like, oh, well, you know, this is it. What am I supposed to do now? Um. <clears throat> um good question so i think one thing that i've always connected with even since i was a kid has been music Mm -hmm. and i think if you look at the bible like the psalms especially that was their music right Mm -hmm. um so there's this band audio slave i'm dating myself a bit but do you know who audio slave was nope do you remember rage against the machine yep okay so lead singer of rage against the machine left 
the three other band members stayed together and they took the singer Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. They started this super group called Audio Slave and they had a few songs um, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Um, and there's one called um, Doesn't Remind Me. And um, the music video is actually quite stirring and powerful and in the way it goes along with the song. But anyway, the song is about forgetting the old things you used to hang on to. Hmm. And uh, when that song came out, I think I was breaking up with my girlfriend in high school and just, I love that song for that reason. Um, and then leaving the church, it took on whole new meaning. Um, but the thing he says at the end of the chorus is I don't want to know what it means to forget. And other lines in the chorus, he says the things that I've loved, the things that I uh, lost, uh, the things I held sacred that I've dropped. Um the music video shows this boy, his dad's a, an air force pilot. He lives in Philadelphia or wherever Rocky was filmed, the, the Rocky movies. And he, he wants to be an amateur boxer. He's like, looks like he's eight or 10 years old. And he idolizes, there's this picture of his father in his air force uniform. And he's mm-hmm. walking around holding a toy fighter jet and idolizing his dad. And this was right around the time of the Iraqi war. And um, um sorry. Um, but as the music video goes on, sorry, he, um, it shows him training for like a kid's boxing match. And, um, and then he goes into this boxing match and it shows kind of POV footage of him getting hit in the face kind of thing. And then it's interspersed with cuts of a fighter jet going down, which is taken to be his dad. And then, um, he ends up uh, winning his fight and, uh, throwing his jet away. And I think for people who had family that fought in the Iraqi war, it was this senseless kind of conflict that was driven by a madman, religious fruitcake president and people over time as the war dragged on and on and on, they saw how senseless it was and they were losing family members. And so at the end of this video, the boy throws away his toy fighter jet, um, walks away into the sunset with his mom uh, kind of thing. And uh, sorry, I didn't mean to get so emotional talking about this, but uh, the members of the band talked about that music video and they said, you know, when they, <clears throat> when they released it or when they played it for the execs or whatever, like there wasn't a dry eye hmm. kind of thing. Um, but music is something that has always spoken to me. And that song spoke to me, um, especially in the whole, the lyrics, the music, um, the the music video i think one thing that was really amazing is that it kind of starts off in this it's got clean guitar riff um but then it breaks into this absolutely uh very classic rock reminiscent blistering guitar solo and it really crescendos and it it takes somebody through all the feelings you have when you find out that the things you built your life on weren't as good or as true as what you thought they were. And it's all about letting go of those things. And I remember going for long bike rides, listening to that song and being brokenhearted and devastated about the loss of my testimony. And then thinking about the things that I still have and finding gratitude for them. Um, So I know my son who's seven, he was kind of, he was getting into a weird phase where he thought and felt like everybody in the family didn't like him or something like that, or that he's always in trouble or whatever. 
And me and him would write down five or 10 things we were grateful for every night. We did that for a couple of weeks. And I saw like his spirits lifted and his attitude kind of changed. My attitude kind of changed. But I think, I know I've been talking a lot, but um, prayer, whether or not you're praying to a God or just taking a moment every day to reflect and, and take stock of the things you have and everything you have to be grateful for is still kind of like a meaningful experience for me even though it's irreligious now yeah i think that's like having like an irreligious form of prayer yeah is like important yeah no matter where you're at whether it's some version of meditation or you're just you know um like gratitude um and just like thinking of the good things yeah out there you know and like finding pleasure in in those things you know when you're listening to the song and being like this means something to me yeah there's a lot of songs sorry one other song that i listened to um a lot as i was leaving the church was actually lead kindly light hmm. um and that's interesting cuz it's like the only song in the lds songbook that doesn't mention God, Jesus, hmm. explicitly. I actually sing that um, one pretty regularly. I like to hum it. I oh, just think really? it's a pretty tune. Yeah, it, it's a very, very nice tune. Yeah. And the like, the background on it was there was this missionary, Christian missionary or Catholic missionary who was in, he was in like Africa or something like that. And he got like dengue fever or some malaria or something like that. And hmm. he it slowed the work down, and he's feeling so discouraged and. He ends up in a hospital in Italy trying to recover. This is like in the 1800s or something like that, right? And he writes this poem and then eventually gets put to music and becomes his hymn. Um, but yeah, he's at a point in his life where everything's become uncertain and everything he's kind of sacrificed and consecrated his life for isn't working out. And there's still story because it's League Kindly Light is kind of based on the, the story of the children of Israel walking through the desert and being led by a pillar of cloud in the day and a pillar of light at night. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't see the path before them, but they just had enough light to let them see the next step. Right. And as I was making my transition out of the church, that song and that message carried me through was I'm very uncertain about what my life's going to look like now, but I just need enough for the next step and just, mm -hmm you know, whatever it is, whether it's God or Jesus or, or Santa Claus lighting the next step. I just need somebody to light the next step for me here and, and help me continue to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of at that point right now because I've had a lot of shifts. The career plan that I had originally mm -hmm. didn't work out. Um, the, uh, like, the church I grew up in <laughs> turned out yeah. not to be true. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, um, like I ha I've had all these other shifts and then I've moved and um, been figuring out my life, become self-employed and everything, but then thinking, oh, I don't know if this is what I want. And I'm at a point where, yeah, I'm looking just for that next step in front of me, right? I'm not I'm not thinking, oh, and then I'll settle down here and this will be my wife and this is going to be good and this will be great. I'm at a point where it's just, uh, mm, who knows? 
You know, it's like a very who knows what's going to happen kind of situation. And, you know, I'm just looking at that next step. Okay, here I am today. What's next? You know, what what is the next little thing that I need to do to be happy, be better, um, you know, what do I want to do? What do I want to see happen in my experience? And um, it's scary, but at the same time, in a way, it is nice, right? Like there's not this whole detailed plan laid out for me. I get to make it. Yeah. And I, that was kind of, that was a scary moment, but an empowering moment for me was, what are you going to teach the children? Oh my God, think of the children, Mm -hmm. right? It was like, oh, I've got to figure it out now. I've got to, and you know, sometimes I, sometimes I tell my kids Bible stories, ones that I think are, are valuable. I, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but they were, they're being little shits to each other. And I, read them, I actually opened up a Bible and read them about the good Samaritan. And mm. it just kind of explained how Jews and Samaritans hated each other, but the Samaritan helped the Jew. And I said, so what do you guys learn from that? And they said, well, um, I guess you have to be good to people, even if they don't like you. And I'm like, yeah. So just cause your sister's being a little shit to you doesn't mean you get to be a shit back. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Use some colorful language, I guess, but um, yeah, I guess like, it's not like you want to throw, there were some good things that I learned from the church. Um, I could have learned them other ways, but I learned them the way I learned them. And those are still valuable to pass on. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then just kind of ditch all the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are a lot of good lessons. Like you talk about the good Samaritan, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, we can talk about uh, Greek mythology in similar ways. Right. Like, oh, this happened. It's a story about the human experience yeah, and about how to live a good life. You know, I don't, I don't watch a, a movie and say, oh, well, it's not true. So, right? No, I'm watching it and saying, okay, what did I get out of that? Like, it doesn't matter if it's true or not, if, if you can get things out of it. And as long as it's not also claiming to be true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, while we're on the topic of music too, um, one song I've been listening to lately as well that has kind of given like that same um, almost comfort, you know, a little bit of peace yeah. Yeah. is Carry On by Fun. And uh, the chorus goes, if you're lost and alone or you're sinking like a stone, carry on. And I really like this line. May your path be the sound of your feet upon the ground. You know, like, keep walking, right? Keep walking, keep working, keep putting that effort in, keep moving forward. And uh, I think think we're so much better off for that. I think, like, just to riff off that a little bit, like... um, that line you said, uh, the sound be your own feet on the ground. It's such a simple line, but it's like, it's very meaningful and it, it, and it's very, very clever. And you're kind of like, there's no big words in here, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like a 
clever uh, the rhyme scheme is mind-blowing or something like that but it's this little couplet that is uh sticks in your head and gives you meaning and stuff and it just made like really really good songwriters take really really simple words and phrases and make something really really good out of it and Mm -hmm. meaningful out of it and um and so just to riff off that a little bit one thing that gives me peace or or helps me find meaning or whatever is like watching people do stuff watching people who are really really good at things doing things Mm -hmm. and you can find so much of that on youtube and stuff like that and there's tons of compilation videos of you know people are awesome or something like that but just watching people who are really excellent at things doing things yeah yeah right it's it's like um it's like who needs meaning when you can watch a guy make like 150 sushi rolls just chop 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 you know like (laughs) yeah yeah like i don't know i feel a little bit like uh, like a search for, oh, well, what about after this? And search for a deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. It distracts from just being present, from yeah. being here. Like, I'm not I'm not thinking about when I die, I'll, I'll be dead. You know, I can yeah, figure yeah. that out when I get there, I guess. Right? Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, being here in this conversation, right? Yeah with you know with my bishop and you know <laughs> the best bishops interview you've probably ever had definitely They're... definitely the actually well i've i've had some pretty funny ones <laughs> ones i think i've shared on the podcast before yeah. um i've had some entertaining very entertaining bishops but yeah um yeah like just being able to be present and like move through life right like my path is my feet upon the ground, right? Mm-hmm. My path is where I'm walking, right? right. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going that way. And I don't think that there needs to be some overarching plan for my life. I, I went through my patriarchal blessing the other day because yeah. I I I've been cleaning out a bunch of stuff, getting rid of a bunch of things. And... I decided it would be interesting um, to make a video just for posterity's sake, film myself sitting on my bedroom floor, reading my patriarchal blessing and offering commentary on it Right. of what I thought then, you know, and Mm -hmm. also what a patriarchal blessing is because I feel pretty confident none of my descendants, if I ever am so lucky to have some, (laughs) Uh, that none of my descendants will be Mormon, right? Yeah. And so they'll be like, what's a patriarchal blessing, right? So I give a little context. I explain what it is. I'm like, it's Mormon fortune telling, which I know a l- plenty of Mormons who would completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and then I read it. And as I'm going through, I'm like, this is something that's in all of them, right? Where it's like, oh, you're, you know through the, you know, you're descended from Joseph through the house of Ephraim, you know, it's like, okay. And it's like, yep. Uh, yeah. So they do that in all of them. Basically everybody in North America is Ephraim, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm, I'm reading through and I said, yeah, I'll talk more about this later, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, missionary work, this, that, the other thing. And, um, and I get to the point of my career where it talks about my career, right? Mm-hmm. And it says, you will be successful in the field of your choice. And I was like, well, 
that's how it works, isn't it? You know, <laughs> like, what? You know, I'm going to choose something I'm good at, something I'm interested yeah. in. And, uh, and so I just thought it was funny how this thing that used to, you know, bring me peace, I now look at it and I'm like, it's just, you know, pretty generic, mm -hmm. you know, uh, wording and... I, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was interesting to me because the idea with patriarchal blessings is it lays out this grand path, this destiny for you to follow, right? Yeah. And now I realize there is no destiny. I wake up every day and I work and I talk to friends and I call family and one day I'll be my parents' age. Mm -hmm. One day I'll be my grandparents' age, and one day I'll die. That sounds like a pretty good path to me. Yeah, yeah. There's um, while you're talking about patriarchal blessings, so there's it's like an unwritten kind of rite of passage that as you get engaged and as you get closer to getting married, you and your uh, your fiance should read your patriarchal blessings together, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever like, like it's not in a manual anywhere, but it's like, have you guys read your patriarchal blessings together yet? Uh, uh, no. So when me and my wife were engaged, we did that. And we went to a uh, broader patriarchal blessings and we drove to uh, a parking lot. One of the parking lots for no cell park off of 14th street. Mm -hmm. And we we're going to read them. We we're looking out over the city. And we we're going to read them together. And this cop pulls up. Yeah. And he comes over a car, knocks on the window. What are you guys doing? like just reading stuff and i've got like my patriarchal blessing on my lap he's like what are you reading just a thing he's uh -huh. like okay well why don't you guys go find somewhere else to do that right <laughs> how weird right you're a cop you're like i found these two like people in their 20s thought they were going to be yeah. banging and you're he'd probably rather you be smoking dope yeah yeah <laughs> just just uh smoking some religious delusion <laughs> so i think the thing that was interesting about it was like we're reading our patriarchal blessings and it was kind of like uh it was such a nothing moment hmm. um and there was nothing that really overlapped or worked out i think i had i'll tell you another story about why i had like insane standards for patriarchal blessing is that there was this girl when i was in high school in our ward and she was dating a non-member guy and he got baptized and her patriarchal blessing said that she would bring her husband into the church. Hmm. And it was like, Amazing. so I really like, I'm really expecting uh, patriarchal blessings to fit together. And I remember there was this, um, I remember uh, my patriarchal blessing. The only thing it says about my spouse is that she'd be a choice daughter in Israel. And then some girl was talking about her patriarchal blessing. This was like when I was first home for my mission. And, and she was like, and it says I'm a very choice daughter in Israel. And I was like, oh my gosh. She's the one. This is, But like, I wasn't particularly interested, but it was just like, does this mean something? Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like perturbed over it. Very much so. Right. And I talked to my parents and they were like, well, where'd she get her patriarchal blessing? I was like, oh yeah, she grew up in the stake. And then my parents were like, oh, yeah, they do that all the time. Like, what are you She's like, we get the same blessing from the same patriarch. It's going to sound the same. Yeah. They all sound the same. 
I was like, oh. And I think like that's kind of like a when I look back on it, that was like an aha moment that like I was taking the church more seriously than anybody else. Like that Isn't that weird? Like patriarchal blessings are good and interesting and fun and meaningful, but don't take it too seriously. Like it it was kind of like it was like the way I was living Mormonism was so wrong to everybody else who was living it. Yeah. It was like, you're taking everything too. you're trying too hard. You're taking it too seriously. Yeah. I'm like, but how can I, like, if this is literally true, how can I, how can I not? not? And yeah. And we had, we had a conversation about that. Yeah. You know, like, how can I not take it seriously? Yeah. Um, yeah. And patriarchal blessings are a funny, funny example it, it's like okay. one of those things that everybody believes, but nobody really believes. And I think like, that's like an interesting Mormon paradox. I think mm-hmm. is that it's one way I've heard it phrased is like Catholics claim the Pope is infallible, but nobody believes it. And Mormons claim their prophet is fallible, but nobody believes that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like this weird thing in Mormonism where is, everything is true, but also nothing is true. Right. Right. Everything is absolutely literally true, but just not really true. Yeah. <laughs> right? it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, finding peace, finding peace. Um, anything else you wanted to bring up on that subject? I, I just think there's a lot of things that you can find that still bring you meaning after Mormonism. I think it was Richard Dawkins said like, he can still find poetry moving. He can still find nature beautiful. It just doesn't have to be God doing it. Mm -hmm. And, and you can still find things in life that are beautiful and meaningful. It just, you can have those things without it being under the backdrop of religion. Yeah. And they're all out there and you can find them. Yeah. 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 Well, do you want to close us out, Bishop, since you're conducting today? Yeah. Yeah. I would say those things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.